investigator. Troublemaker, too. Then, two years ago, he disappears. You don't find this guy unless he wants to be found. Excuse me, sir. There's a... I'm Al Elric. Here to see you. Can I help you? Sean Windsor. You say you shot five people. I don't believe he did. What exactly are you saying? He was framed. What does an investigative reporter do mostly? What you do? One minor difference. Every suspect was a trained killer. What do we hope to find? The truth. The podcaster is asking questions no one else would ask. Get the producer. Mark? No. Mark, are you hurt? Glad to tell you how this works. Do you think I'm a hero? I am not a hero. The producer is all yours. On second thought, I'd like to kill you. You asked me to ride your truck right out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You had to qualify them, Mel. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Al? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, and I have to tell you what I like the most about this week's intro is it really captures the dynamic between the cast members. There's Sean, who may or may not be a deadly sniper, who cares nothing about human life, who it's totally believable he would just sit in a parking garage and pick off people as they walk along the beautiful uh, Pittsburgh waterfront. And then there's that special bond between Mark and I where... You're the hero? I want people... No, not so much that. A hundred percent that. There's certainly, that's certainly a lot of evidence to support that, but uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that myself because that's not what heroes do. They just act <laughs> heroic. <laughs> yeah, right. But, so let me get back to acting heroic. But, uh, but I, I try and pretend that, that I could walk away from Mark, but in truth, Aww. in truth, I would kill a whole bunch of people in a gravel pit uh, if it meant uh, rescuing Mark from the Zek. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll be fine. Oh, okay. No one ever needs to rescue me. Well, in that case, let's get back to let's get back to to the program. Um, it is a much uh, more chipper start to this week's show, in large part because uh, I don't know if anybody out there has driven really ratty cars. I've pretty much done that my entire life, but for the past oh god year or two, I've been driving around in a really raggedy old car. And, uh, and oh, is it done? Is it the end of it? And today I drove here in the Chrysler 300. I put it back on the insurance because the trusty Ford Focus that had so many miles on it finally gave up the ghost on me last week. Unfortunately, on the way to a campaign hockey game where I was uh, uh, supposed to, you know, lead my team out onto the ice, and um, instead I was dead at uh, eight mile in Livernois. Because did you ever make it to the game? I did. I did. So, um, so they probably just thought you were late as usual. There was some speculation about that, but even even this was beyond my. So I, I had to hustle to make a a a endorsement interview with uh, with a group that uh, scheduled us at the last minute, scheduled all the interviews on one day, uh, agreed to let uh, us interview a little early, but then started late and then ran over, and so rush hour trying to get from the west side of Detroit to the hockey rink, and, of course, the car dies about five minutes uh, into the journey. So it's not your fault? 
uh, it kind of is my fault. Oh, sort of. Because sounded like you were trying to blame other things. No, 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 for, no. For I'm just saying happened. that this, this, this was one of these situations where there's no margin for error, where everything has got to be. <laughs> that's why you're. Be, o- that's why you're always late. You do yeah. too much. Well, I, I keep thinking about uh, tailwinds, green lights, no traffic, and none of those things really exist. But I, I'd gone to meet uh, my my buddy Ron Pilabosian, whose wife put on this fundraiser. And uh, I dropped off all the jerseys, the pucks, the keg of beer, a cooler full of ice, uh, some swag from the podcast, and some campaign stuff. And I thought, wow, I'm really ahead of the game. You know, all this stuff is there. We're ready to go on time. I can do the interview. I can get there, put my gear on, hit the ice. And as I was leaving the restaurant, I noticed the battery light was on the dashboard, which mm. is the only light that hasn't come on in the dashboard since I've been driving this car, which was gifted to my daughters from my stepdad, but I didn't think it was safe enough for them to drive, so i kind of been banging around in it. And I thought, I really need to change cars. I need to get this car. Well, if there's only the a dealership road. you could go to to get a new car. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute where, where my wife is going to go to uh, fix this situation but then I, I got caught up in other campaign stuff, and I couldn't switch cars. So I said, well, we're going to have to go Blues Brothers, you know, half a pack of smoke, sunglasses, it's dark, let's go and hit it. And, uh, and we did not make it to the Cook County Assessor's Office in time, sadly. But, um, but, uh, but the car conked out. Um, it's hot as balls. I call Lyft. Uh, they say we're five minutes away. Of course, that's not true. Never, never and, is. And then uh, I get the car started again. I said, well, you know what? The hell with it. So I throw my gear in the back, tell Teresa to get in the car. We start driving towards the game. And then we get on the highway, and it starts to lurch. And then it's bumper to bumper. <laughs> and then it dies. And then I got to push it on the shoulder. Uh-huh. But by now. I hope people uh, recognized you. Uh. I, my face is probably redder than normal, but by now I'm close enough to uh, Fox 2 that I called uh, some of my old partners and said, hey, it was about 6.30. I thought shift change. Maybe they're going home. They can give me a ride. No way. And uh, one of the guys was going to give me a ride, but then he got called out on an assignment. And then I get a text that says, Roop Raj is on his way. Oh, wow. Roop's a hero. And I said, Roop. To the rescue. It's kind of like Channel 4, except <laughs> like it's yeah. not Ruth. It's Roop, and he really is going to rescue me. And then uh, somebody comes running towards our car on the shoulder of 75, and it's our daughters oh. with our uh, 2014 Ford C-Max. Did anyone order a hero? And they said, come on. So we jammed everything in the car. We took off, and I told Roop, uh, looks like we're going to be okay. And he said, are you sure? And I said, no, we're good. We're good. So, uh, so Roop. Oh man. Isn't that the best feeling when you offer to help somebody and then they call and go, we don't need your help. And you feel like you're off the hook. Well, you'd have or is to that ask, just me? You'd have to ask Roop because he was the one who, uh, who was coming to our rescue, but we, we made it. I got my gear on. I made it for the third period. <laughs> and, uh, I also realized that, uh, I must be way down on your list of people to help because I don't live that far away from where Fox two is. Oh, I knew you were doing the Drew and Mike show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't tear away from that. Good. Um, Whoa, that got me off the hook, too. Yeah, Oof. and I, I knew at that time you were probably hearing some diatribe about the media, so I didn't want you to come <laughs> rescue somebody from the media. I mean, I, was, I thought perhaps uh, I had been mechanically canceled. So, uh, so, no, we made it, and my team was down by a couple goals, and I know they were counting on me to – to dig us out of that hole, but unfortunately I wasn't able to do it. There's a, a guy uh, on the other team 
named David Wiley, who just kept scoring goals. And so we, uh, we were supposed to give some awards afterwards. So I, I brought this, this medal for Dave. If you're watching us on Facebook live, you can see the medal for Dave. Um, it's uh, if you're listening to us, go to a Facebook page, ML Elric and watch the replay of this show. So Dave, what if, is that medal if you're watching, it's a hockey medal. Um, and it's, uh, it's especially made for Dave who, uh, who was the leading scorer on the other team. So we put his name on the back. <laughs> Where so, it says Biatch. Yeah. Oh, is that what it said? Yeah, it says, what is that metal from though? That's what the engraver. We used to go to these hockey tournaments in Canada and uh, get our ass kicked. And we typically win a bronze medal. So I had a couple extra bronze medals. Oh. So that's a, oh, some people are saying that was a long winded way to point out that you once got a bronze medal. Uh, well, there's usually just four teams. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that <laughs> you really want to. Then why do they bother giving them out? Brag about the bronze medal. What, what, are, they, what are you going to do with them? I've had oh, this I thing for like 10 years. I didn't place ribbons. So, uh, so yeah, so, so I am, uh, I'm driving the Chrysler, put it back on the insurance. I love it, but we are going to need to replace the Ford. And I think we're going to replace it with another Ford because my wife is a huge fan of the Ford Bronco. And, uh, and she's probably going to go see our old friend, Amy O'Brien at Royal Brian Ford and see what kind of deal we can get for a lease. Maybe, maybe trade in the, uh, the focus. Actually, we got the alternator replaced. It's running like a top again, but it's still just. I just there's just just not enough margin for error. So we're gonna try and unload the Ford Focus 2007. It's cherry, by the way. Forget about everything you just heard. If you want to make me an offer, I'll. I'll uh, You're I'll, gonna get a new car. I'll drop it off. Uh, Teresa will probably find something on the lot there at Royal Bryan at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac that she'll like. Uh, but she may, uh, like many people, start off at the website, which is royalbryan.com where when you go on there, uh, Jesse pops up and he tries to help you out, figure out what the best deal is. If you want to do a trade-in, if you want to lease, if you want to buy new, if you want to see what used cars they have on the lot, that's always my preference because I'm a cheap bastard. Or, you know, the Broncos haven't been out long enough to be used. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Trees will give that a good look and, and talk to the folks there about getting a good deal. If you want to give them a call, you can call 888-566-5851. That's 888-566-5851. 5851. And if you call them and you see my wife there, tell the people the dealership that ML sent you. And if you see Teresa, tell her we can't afford that. Just get something else because I know she's going to say, Oh, what's the top of the line, Bronco? Because those are pretty. She's cool. employed. Let her buy it. Well, listen, even a kept man has got to <laughs> draw the line somewhere. So, uh, so Royal Brian, uh, we will be seeing you soon. And this time, not just to buy tires or get an oil change. We're, we're going to be taking something off the lot. So, uh, so we will see you soon and maybe we'll run into you there, uh, dear gentle listener. But we, we had a, a pretty wild show last week. We kind of were, uh, agonizing over the public's disinterest and certainly public officials disinterest in public corruption with, uh, uh, uh Gabe Leland basically walking away Mm-hmm. from uh, a public corruption charge, uh, pleading guilty, having to resign from city council, but then being free to go get himself a, a double scoop with one of those fancy cones that smell like waffles. And, and that's the consequence, which seems pretty messed up to me. But then we found out just as we were wrapping the show that uh, Alan Lengel at DeadlineDetroit.com was posting a story about Kwame Kilpatrick returning to town. So we got Alan on the line, had a great interview with him. If you want to check out that episode, that is at mlsolvedetroit.com. You can also find it wherever you find podcasting. 
and for me, that was kind of it. I'm, I'm kind of way past Kilpatrick. I'm really focused on where Detroit is heading. I, I wish him well. I'm glad that on Father's Day, uh, his boys will have their dad for the first time in seven or eight years. It's tough to, it's tough to be cynical and, and, and think that that's not a good thing. But then I got a message from Zach Pashik, our man at Detroit Bikes, who said, hey, uh, are we going to church on Sunday? <laughs> and I said, a sinner like me can't afford to take a week off. He said, well, I'm going to historic Little Rock Baptist Church to see Mayor Kilpatrick. And I said, let me know how it goes, because I think that's probably the one church you will not find me. There's zero chance of finding me uh, last Sunday. But Zach went and joins us now for a full report on the mayor's transformation from reacher to preacher. Yeah, happy to be here. It was uh, a heck of an experience on Sunday. Sorry that you weren't there, but uh, but I'll do my best. Are you converted? To, did he convert you? You know, a little bit. I, I did leave that church feeling uh, fired up. He's a hell of a speaker. He sure and, is. And uh, has a lot of power, you know. I did find, because I watched a lot of his, uh, What I guess you call it a sermon, um, and I found it to be a lot about him. His and, testimony. Yeah, and it seemed he really put the me back in Kwame, and it just seemed to be 100% about him. Where's and, that drum roll? Do you control all the sound effects? What? Why? You put the me back in Kwame, that's... That's not original. A rim that's, shot? that's not, that's not that. That's pretty, it's pretty low, uh, low-hanging fruit, right? But um, did you find it to be a lot about him, as opposed to God or Jesus? I think that's a really fair uh, takeaway from it, for sure. I mean, it, so he he spoke, uh, the sermon was about the book of Acts, and he was focused on on uh, the experience of Paul, one of the disciples. So Paul was a disciple who left Jesus and then came back to him and uh, was going around preaching the word in, in different towns. He was in one town where he was stoned, and they thought he was going to die or they thought he was dead, so they walked away, and then he kind of came back and uh, went and preached in some other town and then returned to that town where he was They stoned, done so. set him up for a comeback. Exactly. So he was, de- he was definitely transposing kind of his experience Rim to the shot. experience of, uh, of, of St. Paul now. Um, and so that, you know, I, I could see how, you know, the takeaway Ugh. from that would be that's kind of distasteful. At the same I time, I want to tell mean, you, Detroit, that you done set me up for a comeback. <laughs> And so, you know, I can see that. That that said, I mean, I in my experience, I, I haven't been to church in a long time, but I, when I was younger, I, I would go every now and then. And in my experience, you are sort of supposed to try to, you know, look at the Bible or, or whatever you're studying and talking about and, and find your sure. personal experience and relationship to it. So Yeah, we emulate the lives of the saints, right? They're they're there to set an example for us. I, th- I think so. So, you know, on... Uh, you know, I'm not here to pile on uh, the former mayor. I guess I, no. you know he's he's out of jail. He, he was there. I'll, not- I'll pile on him because I, I also had a problem with talking about how much he is from Detroit and knows the streets of Detroit. And the first chance he had to get out of here, he moved to one of the most uh, a very rich suburb outside of Dallas. Right. And he made that whole statement about how his cellmates were asking, "Are you really from Detroit? Or are you from Bloomfield Hills?" As if his cellmates down in Louisiana know the metropolitan Detroit area that well. And I just, I, once again, I find him to be very fake and phony, and I feel like that that's a lie, but that yeah. he, he left. He bolted as soon as he could. His family bolted, too. Well, yeah, and I mean, w- one thing that I was kind of hoping for, too, was, you know, so I I live, you know, a short walk from Little Rock Baptist Church. It was a beautiful building. Reverend Holly has been there for 49 years. He's done an amazing job. It was, I was, I felt very welcome there, and 
so happy with the experience. But one thing that I was really hoping to hear over the years, I've heard about how people, one of the reasons a lot of people were let down by, by, by Kilpatrick was that they had a lot of hope at the beginning. Sure. You know, tons of people in this community really believe this is a guy who's going to, who's going to go out and fight for Detroit and do some really incredible things. And then they were really let down. And I thought this was a pretty good opportunity for him to acknowledge that. You know, he, he was grateful. He did thank people. He felt like the community supported him while he was in jail, and he felt like that helped him get through it. I understand why people would feel that way, even though he was a thief before he was mayor. I mean, right. he did uh, – his wife took money from a grant when he was a state rep. So there were – but but it is so, his – there charisma. were people. There were people who had a lot of – Yeah. I mean, well, there's and there still are, and that's what I wanted. I was one of them. I, I thought he was going to be the greatest mayor of my lifetime, and I've lived through the mayoralty of Coleman Young, and I know there are people who – uh, are judging Coleman Young based on the tail end of his career and not on the beginning of it. But I mean, one of the reasons why Detroit did not burn last summer during the protests that, that consumed so many communities is because Coleman Young did the right and difficult thing of integrating the police department when no one else was doing it. Right. And when, when Boston was at war with its people, uh, the mayor was, was transforming our, our public services into something that looked more like the community. But I, you know, I, Kilpatrick tried to hire me as his press secretary and, and I damn near took the job because I believed so much in him. And, and I think, uh, you know, his, well, I'll, I'll say one of the biggest misconceptions about UML is that you like the guy. I mean, you've said that before when you're in a room with him, you, you like him. He is that charismatic, that ebullient, that you like the guy. He just committed crimes. He just let us down. You know, and he himself has said that uh, his appetites uh, exceeded his character, which I think is putting it mildly. <laughs> but I mean, he is a really smart, talented guy who can motivate people and uh, is the kind of person that I think could have led this community and this region into uh, a place that we seem to be heading, but we never quite get there. And and I, I wonder, as someone who didn't watch uh the the sermon i was in church myself when it happened um have pretty much had enough you know kilpatrick uh <laughs> encounters to last me a lifetime um even though I, i'm as we were talking before the show it's been almost 15 years since he was mayor it seems like it was just yesterday but it's so long ago zach if you had to put a headline on what the mayor said what would it be how would you sum it up well, the 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 premise of his sermon was not time to die. So I think he's you know he's referring to himself a little bit, um, just with his kind of comeback. Um, but yeah, I mean, f from my analysis of it, or from what he was trying to get across, uh, either one. I mean, I, I I'd be curious to to hear what you thought he was trying to convey, as well as you know how it how it how it landed, how it was received. But I think the ultimate message in a in a really maybe fair reading of him and taking him just kind of at his word um, is he was trying to, he was really trying to preach, you know, he was, and he was trying to fire up the crowd and he succeeded. I mean, the message was go out, live your life and, you know, be awake and, and, and welcome the Holy spirit into your, into your spirit, you know, and, 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 uh, and he made that message incredibly well. You know, he's, He's really effective. He was a, he's a heck of a preacher. I, you know? I watched the live stream, and the one thing you can't get from the live stream is the audience, the congregation response. I mean, you can hear a little bit of it. Were they fully, were they all in um, 
you know, were they that energetic about it or somewhere? What was the makeup too of the congregation? Was it all everybody from Little Rock Baptist or? Yeah, I think there were a lot of new people. I don't think Little Rock Baptist gets that quite a crowd, that big a crowd every every Sunday. So I think there were there were friends and family of of Kwame's. Uh, There were people who were curious. There were neighbors who just wanted to come to see you know the spectacle. I'd say that the crowd was really into the service. Um, the musicians were incredible. The singing was incredible. I mean, it, it's it's a good it's a good show, you know, on its own. It's a, it's a great service. Were they more into the service or Kwame's um, presentation? I, honestly, I think more into the service for the most part. Oh, and then okay. there there were definitely though diehard Kwame fans. Sure, there, there always were, will be who were shouting out and supporting. But that said, I think the whole room was caught up in in his um, in his sermon. I mean, when he was speaking, some of the things he said landed really effectively, and uh, you know. I, I don't. I don't think anyone there was like mad at him or whatever. I was, like I said, I was disappointed because it was an opportunity to say, "Hey, a lot of people in this community had a lot of hope in me, and I let you down." Hmm. You know, he could have said that message and he didn't. Instead, it was more about, "Hey, I'm back," and that that missed an opportunity. Maybe I need a little more forgiveness in my heart. Well, years ago, he said, <laughs> uh, "He said I have been an imperfect servant," and I think he pretty much figured that squared the account. I think you know? I, I think you're right. I mean, even even during the sermon, he acknowledged. I think he feels like he's apologized, and it's time for the rest of us to get on with it. Which, uh, you know, with the restitution bill out there, is a, well, does he get does he get paid? It's, it's clear cut. Does does he get paid to do something like that? I mean, I have no idea. Do you know, ML? Boy, would, a, would a guest uh, preacher make income off of that? The the the, the closest. The two analogies that come to mind is when I was at Channel Four, I went to a uh, a church with uh, Frank Turner, the former oh, yeah. anchorman from from Channel Seven, who had had his own fall and rise, and then kind of sunk again. Yeah, and he was an incredibly dynamic uh, preacher, and and his and also a former son-in-law of Louis Farrakhan. So Frank Turner's mm-hmm. got quite the interesting ecumenical uh, background. But he, uh, his whole testimony was about how, how badly he had fallen and how, uh, you know, I did cocaine and I was an anchor man. Not only did I do, did cocaine, I did the best cocaine, the best cocaine you could find. It was the finest cocaine in the world. <laughs> like he was bragging about it. And then it then, but it was genius because he built himself up to, I had it all. And even as a sinner, I was like a, a first class, you know, uh, all inclusive center. And then it all fell apart. And I believe in a situation like that, there was some compensation for him because he was a draw. And so yeah. the collection so is going to go so is up Kilpatrick. and you're going to bring souls to the church. You might come back and say, wow, if you bring a Frank Turner in, I'll come back or what a wonderful facility this is, you know? And then the other analogy I have, and it's really a weak one, is uh, when we were in Ireland about five years ago, we went to the uh, the cathedral in uh, in um, Killarney, which is just you know the, the biggest church in in that in that diocese, and it was amazingly for having an Irish preacher, it was the shortest homily I've ever heard in my life. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, he said, "Now make sure there's a good collection, so they'll have me back." So I, I think whether you're getting paid or whether there's somebody else is is uh, putting something in the basket, uh, money Who else is in a the part of it. Say yeah! Yeah! But, uh, is that actual audio from that sermon? Um, maybe from the Frank Turner one, but I don't remember seeing those guys uh, in County Kerry. But uh, but Mark, as someone who watched the live stream, I'm curious. And I would ask Zach, but Zach got here after Kilpatrick was no longer mayor. I just missed him by by a year or two. 
did you see any difference in his style, his delivery, the way he carried himself? I mean, did this seem like a new Kilpatrick or did it just seem like all those gifts and talents, uh, with with some a different message it seemed like the same kilpatrick to me i mean it's a little different because you feed off i would think he feeds off that energy from the congregation which you don't necessarily get at a state of the city speech oh you do though but a state of the city speech yeah, they, they, they pack the yeah. crowd with supporters i mean they're they're the energy but you, i mean the energy's a little different uh but yeah i would say it was this i would say he was the same and maybe that maybe that's why i feel like we're just right back to where he was before he got in trouble do you worry that he's going to get back into politics? Well, he can't for a while. And I, you know, everybody always says, if he were to run right now, he'd win. I don't, I don't think people are that easily bamboozled. Right. Uh, but it, once again, it always depends who you're running against. I don't think he'll get back into politics because politics is very similar to preaching, you know, and you can make a lot of money speaking, doing both things. So if he becomes a preacher and that's his life and he makes money off of that, then, you know, he'll just do that. Interesting. Was his fiance with him? Yeah, she was. She okay. she seemed uh, she seemed great. You know, she didn't speak or anything. Uh, so, not much to. Do we know anything on, else on about her? I mean, I know he doesn't want to talk about her, as we learned from Alan last week. Yeah, I, I, I felt like I caught her give him a couple of side eyes when he got a little bit too self-aggrandizing. Like it kind of seems like. Oh she's, well, that's good. She's watch. She's checking him a little bit. Okay, that's, and we're, that's a sense I got. He could his use sons that. there. I I think his sons were there, but they were not sitting on stage. So I don't know. Okay. There were some younger men who. Came up who may have been sons. But what about mom sure. or dad? Do you not, know if uh, Carolyn? Not sure. No, okay. I would bet they must have been though. Well, they they none of them live in Michigan, yeah. so oh. it would have been a big trip. But there's still some relatives there. I think he still has an aunt and a lot of cousins here, so so it's possible there was more relatives there. Why do you think he came back to Detroit to do it then? I mean, if his family's not here, if he's not here, why, why did he need to come to mm-hmm. Little Rock Baptist Church to do this on a Sunday? That's a great question. Connections. Yeah, I, I, I would not presume to know. Um, Where would you get the biggest Mr. audience? Kilpatrick's doing that? mind works. Um, I think I think if, if he if he were the so I, I think of the Frank Turner example again. Frank Turner was a draw, but he was preaching at a church that had a huge congregation anyway. So I would think if he went to some mega church somewhere and was one of the one of the uh, the folks on the program, he'd have a bigger crowd than he might have coming home because I think, you know, Detroit is a mixed bag. And I think one of the reasons why he did leave Detroit after, uh, after leaving office was, you know, there's a lot of bad memories here. You just kind of want a fresh start and you probably don't want people saying stuff to your kids and, and you don't want to, you know, every room you go into, you wonder is somebody going to give you a hard time or is somebody going to, you know, praise you. You just want to go someplace where you can be, be judged by folks who may not be as familiar with your story and who can take you uh, as they find you and make up their own judgment. Well, but, it does fit the narrative too of the whole coming back and returning. Yeah, for and sure. All, and, you know, I, I'm not surprised he was here. I'm not surprised this is what he's doing either. I just, I'm not ready to buy in. Yeah, and I wouldn't say I've necessarily bought in either. I, I, I get it. I, I completely get how you'd be let down and, and disappointed and very skeptical of, yeah. of, of this. I just don't uh, know if he's paid his debt or if he even is that remorseful. I think he's a little bit remorseful, but I think it's because he was locked away. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like he committed ne- crimes. Ne- neither of us have spent seven years in jail, and apparently he was in solitary for like seven or eight months. I, I mean, f- he has... I did find that part interesting. I that, did not know that. That that would be awful. Like, oh, that yeah. That would be a terrible experience. Yeah, I'm sure he must have gone through something. That's why I'm not going to bid rig. Yeah, right. 
Well, for some people, it's spending time with the person you care the most about. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I mean, faith has always been a part of Kilpatrick's um, uh, persona. He says he decided to run for mayor uh, when he was only 30 years old because he went in the basement. Uh, he couldn't sleep, and he opened up the Bible, and the just, Bible opened up the passage believe, of King David. I don't believe that either, though. And, uh, and he's spoken a lot about faith. He's, well, he, doesn't, he hasn't seemed to act. Uh, he doesn't act the way that a, a faithful man would act. Well, it's uh, well, maybe you just need to put the un in front of it. Um, but uh, but I yeah. think it's all an act. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Let Let's hope that he is on the straight and narrow because I think uh, I think Kwame Kilpatrick uh, unreformed uh, is not what we need. And uh, if he can be there for his family, if he can get his life back together, then I think it not only speaks to. Uh, the uh, power of redemption, but uh, but maybe he's still got some he's got some uh, some miracles he can perform for those of us here in Detroit before he's through. We'll we'll, we'll see, but we will uh, continue to monitor the situation. Our correspondent Zach Pashik is back from assignment. Zach, thank you for yeah, thank you checking in on on the mayor. Um, thanks for leaving me out of it. Um, Watch this sweet pan job I'm going to do with the camera. Oh wow! I, I guarantee that. Hey Joe, go but okay. okay. It's going to fall, isn't it? Wow, look at that. Smooth. So professional. Yeah, it is some watching. smooth stuff. Uh, All three of you. Th- those of you on Facebook who are uh, enjoying the show uh, were just favored by the countenance of Mr. Max Prokop, who is a uh, attorney at law, not involved in any political litigation. But he's also uh, the... Uh, anchor of multiple outstanding musical acts one of which you can see later this month at a campaign fundraiser for me at the traffic jam but he's also the composer of this music commissioned especially for the 100th episode of ML Soul of Detroit and I'm trying to time it to the horns this is something Max created called Damn it, where are the horns there? <laughs> you did this track. You did oh, this last time. It's supposed to be cool, but I. Buzz me mellow. Sorry. Oh, it's Buzz me. What I is got it? that wrong, too. Buzz yeah. me mellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got that wrong, too. Well, what did you call it? The, I think. Uh, oh, you were... he, he was like, uh, I think it's called Super Gooey Shit. And I'm like, I think I should change the, I should change the name. Does I like that better? <laughs> I actually copyright wrote that, Max, so uh, you're going to have to license it back. <laughs> Damn it. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to beat you to the filing on that one. Yeah. So, uh, so Max, tell us a little bit about Buzz Me Mellow. What was, what, what, what were you thinking as, uh, as the horns come in? Here they are. Finally. Oh well. Honestly, uh, the, I was working on this before you reached out to me, and then you said something uh, along the lines of, "Can you make something for the show that sounds like Jamiroquai meets Barney Miller?" Right. Yep. And <laughs> and then uh, I was like, "I'm actually working on this thing. It's just kind of a little funky instrumental deal. What do you think about that?" And uh, I don't know, it seemed to land. Well, you really nailed it. Yeah, it does sound like Jamiroquai. That that was a happy accident. Um, But yeah, it's just uh, the the little keyboard part that sounds like keyboard, that's actually guitar. I was just. Really? Yeah, I was manipulating a a little pedal that I had gotten, and I was just like, oh, that that sounds like a keyboard. I'm going to go with that. And then, I mean, nowadays you can do all this stuff in your basement, you know? So I just, I got like a canned beat from the internet, like a. Or maybe it was Apple Loops or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty dope. Like, it's kind of like that break beat kind of hip-hop feel. And then I lay down a bass line, and then it kind of just got away from me. Wait, are, you're not going to tell me these horns aren't real? They are not. Oh, this, what? This, John this, Rutherford could have told I, you that. But yeah, he's Sample turning in horn. his grave. <laughs> so what I'm hearing right now is not keyboard, it's guitar? Correct. 
It's, not, it's got that kind cool. of roll and bounce, you know, that sort right. of, uh, sort of, uh, uh, just sort of 50s, 60s funk. Well, uh, Max is involved in three different groups. The Smiths United, who obviously uh, are right. Whoa. Uh, Smiths cover band that, uh, that I've been fortunate to have play at my house every year except for last year. So we're going to resurrect that this right. summer. Um, and I would tell you where that is, but I already got people driving around uh, looking for a place to park so they can hear some good music and drink some bad beer. Um, but uh, Max is also in a couple other bands, Shasta Fox, who will be playing at the Traffic Jam on June 30th. That's a fundraiser for my campaign. We'll tell you how you can be a part of that. And, uh, and also the King's English, which has released some new music. So we have a world premiere, uh, not just a tune, but a video, right? That's correct. Yes, right here on ML Soul Detroit. So uh, King's English, uh, World War Four. take it away. What, what, do, what do we need to know about the song? Anything? Is there any grand um, setup for it? Um, not really. I mean, it's, uh, it, it started out as a germ that my guitar player, his name is Mike Miller, came up with. And uh, we, we said, that kind of sounds like uh, a mix between the police and Incubus or something like that. <laughs> and then uh, just, out, just, just out of trial and error, uh, we came up with some lyrics and everything. And uh, um, w- what was really fun was we shot this video in downtown Detroit in November last year. And uh, grabbed our buddy. His name's Nick Drinkowski. He's a, a local guy who works in audio, and and he's done stuff for like FX and the, the Lifetime Channel. And we're like, hey man, can you uh, bust out that really nice camera you have and shoot some video for us? And uh, we're down there by the the DeQuinder Cut, and we were originally going to shoot it by the uh, during in the loading dock. I think it's like the Thornapple Valley Slaughterhouse. Oh yeah, in Eastern Market. Yeah, yeah. And then we got there the day of. And everyone's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm really afraid we're gonna get lockjaw if we step on a rusty nail here. So, <laughs> let's see if we can maybe." Well, it's not very rock and roll. Yeah, well, you know, we ended up but, finding but, a but pretty. But th- those of you stuff. listening or watching should have no concerns about the quality of the bacon. We're not saying anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Thornapple Valley lawyers stay put. Sorry, go ahead, Max. Hey, boy, you really ruined your flow there. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, that's what cool. he does best. So yeah, we just kind of went down the street and we're like, "Oh my god, this is." This is a really cool spot right here. It's like a dead end street, and it's it's blocked off by guardrails, and it hangs over the edge of the DeQuinter Cut. And there was all this cool graffiti and everything, and I'm like, well, there's no possibility that cars can come down the street. And Five O even rolled by, and we were like, oh, we're we gonna get busted for this, and they just kept on going. So, and we had like a generator out there and everything, and guitars on our backs. Wow, and professional. How many takes? Well, it was it was like. An amalgamation. The, the the guy who shot it had like this big harness on, you know, like the the, the steady cam, mm-hmm. and he was just kind of following us around. We just did a couple different versions where it's just me and then the full band and then just Mike and then just Ryan the drummer and then we just did B roll type stuff of us walking around in in the DeQuinter cut and just kind of around there. And what you see is what you get. We just, I mean, we didn't try to make it anything like a narrative. We just thought it would look cool to be in downtown Detroit, sure. you know. Well, there if you're thinking of a post-apocalyptic scene, uh, November 2020 during a pandemic, you really don't need to build a set for that. That's right. That is a very cool-looking area, though. Waiting on a moment, living in a memory 
professional looking sir good song how do you walk uh, with a camera in your face and not laugh there's there's probably a bit of it in the outtakes you can definitely <laughs> you see what I mean? some smirking yeah. in certain shots or it's just probably right the tail end of it i saw mike pick up some trash in the middle that i thought was a positive <laughs> message we we found a hundred dollar bill while we were shooting it believe it or not really yeah and the guy that was doing the camera we were like here you go that's, that's how it. you paint him yep that's pretty I mean, cool it's part of it and he said that's a start it's just exactly it's a good start. Yeah. Where can people find uh, and follow the King's English? Um, we have a Facebook page. We just released this song on um, all the streaming platforms, so you can stream it on Amazon, Apple. Um, I think it's on Pandora too. But if you want to purchase it, it's on Bandcamp. It's rockedproper.bandcamp.com. Or just Google it, Bandcamp yes. and yep. the King's mm-hmm. English. Yep. And, and so filmed during the pandemic, can't play anywhere live can't do it how has that right just crushed? Yeah. and i mean all your bands yeah yeah i mean we're just kind of now getting back into it we played one show in the smiths united the the smiths tribute can you right yeah last year and it was outdoor yeah and that was the only game in town we played one show in all of 2020 but obviously that only works when the weather's good and it was cold up there. It was cold, but it was packed. I mean, people were so excited to go out and hear good music and the big outdoor band area, the beer garden, everything it was great. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to view it that way that, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and be like, well, if we're trapped inside for an entire year, let's do what we can. And, and we did, for the Smiths, we did one of those uh, quarantine videos where it was all done, assembled after the fact, and everyone did it at home. And I just put it all together in post, and then Mike Miller, the guitar player, edited the video together. We did that twice, and it was kind of cool. I mean, I I wouldn't want to go through another year like that, but, I mean, you do the best with what you're given. And and I think when we get back up there and the audience is back up there, it's going to be euphoric, you know? Like, Oh, yeah. But like, you, you guys are going to have to rehearse. I, I, I think I heard the one song was... Frankly, Mr. Shankly, you can wank me. So I think you're going to have to get a few more practices in before you get that full schedule together. <laughs> no, no comment on that. One. And there'll be kids in the other. So I want to ask about this. Like, the consequence of events has brought that to an end. That's kind of a nice cadence. Thank you. Um, Did I get that mostly right? Yeah. The, the, the vibe that I envisioned for the song was that it's like when you feel a relationship has passed its expiration date, but you don't want it to escalate into ugliness. And the part where I say this shines... Or escalate into World War IV. World War Four. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of a little play on words. Yeah. 
Um, but the, the, you know, how it says the shines were no other thing, but don't feel like I want you out of the way. I just can't go on this way. And it's just sort of saying like, you know, that we had some good times and the, 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 the lyric in the, the, the first verse says, um, I'm not getting to see the version of the person you've forgotten how to be sort of wrapping up that. So it's her fault. Well, it always, it always it, is. I'm not, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. It just seemed like the words kind of spun out pretty sexy, you know? And that was just kind of what I was thinking. It wasn't about anything in specific, but I felt like it the, it would work for a lot of relationships. People could maybe think of that time they had a similar thing where it's like, let's not escalate this into something really ugly. Let's just try to walk away amicably. I like that. Max, how, how hard is it to grow a band right now? I mean, do you just focus on everything online? Is it, is it even possible to get radio play? Do you even care to get radio play? It's difficult. I mean, it depends on what that genre. sounds like. A ra- I mean, there's a hook. There's a bri- I mean, it's, that is a radio friendly song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you know anybody? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 tough. I mean, the 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 market for I would say that squarely is pretty much alternative rock. It's it's not a big part of the the what's really big right now like if you were to look at the billboard top 100 or whatever yeah everything's very heavily r&b and rap based yeah it's just where the market is um you could you can still find avenues you know like a band like the rival sons or something like Mm -hmm. that they're they're making things happen they're doing stuff but i mean i think they have you know i don't know i'll guess like 300,000 YouTube followers. There are people who just review video games that have like 7 million YouTube followers. So it's, it's a tough game right now. I mean, like it, the, the world changed when everything became streaming. Some of that's good in the sense, like anybody can get their music out there and you can be like a, a like Bieber. A, right. Right. Yeah, that's how yeah, he, I was going to mention that. Noticed, yeah. yeah. Like, but then you and I, Mark, were talking about this before the show. There's going to be a lot of crap to sift through. There's going to be a lot of people out there who are just posting anything and everything they do and, and getting above the fray, like the din of all that stuff to say, hey, we have a pretty professional work product here and we're, we're real musicians. You know, check us out. It can be tough. Are, are you noticing any young, young bands coming up? Like, I, I haven't seen a young band. A rock band. Uh, Gre- yeah. Greta Van Fleet comes yeah, to mind. That's, yeah. that's the like, one that I was thinking of. One in Michigan, you know, like a, yeah. usually in a city like Detroit, there'd be like 50. Yeah. yeah. You know? I think it's just how much times have changed, you know, like whereas hard rock was more like the protest music in the 90s, now rap has really taken over that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's not, there's not that many. And I mean, I think if you were to go look for it, it's out there. There's, there's great music, but it's not like when, it, when you had Channel 2, 4, and 7, you know, we had MTV and then what was on the radio. Now it's there's just so much stuff out there. I mean, I I could think of bands that I like, but you've probably never heard of them. You but know? so are you saying young people are rapping instead? Or, no, or I'm I, just saying like that there's not like young bands at all. Like it if you does go seem see like show, it's easier to make beats and rap than it would be to play multiple instruments. Yeah, or they're solo performers like a Bruno Mars or somebody. You know, where he yeah. kind of he kind of he 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 has the magic formula and he takes off, but. Uh, but I mean, you guys are just a three-piece. But all these venues where you used to see live music That's like the problem, that, like yeah. the Ritz in Royal Oak, uh, uh, you know, the my brother's band used to play at this place called the Falcon Rock Fortress. That was a bowling alley by day, but then it had music venues on the weekends. You know, it had ballad. They've been torn down. They've been replaced by strip malls. You know, gas Kroger gas outlets and what have you. And 
but but then then you can always check out some of their um, <laughs> some of their uh, recorded stuff. Where can people find your other CDs and um, the catalog? The, it's on that Bandcamp. It's all there. You you can okay. get everything we've ever made um, on that Bandcamp website. Uh, I think it's rockproper.bandcamp.com. Okay. And now uh, your your day job as a lawyer. Do they know that you're a rock star? Um, we they, we they, send that video to all of them to make them watch it. Um, they they know. Yeah, they they've come to some of the shows before. Good. Yeah, I thought uh, you guys were at the New Dodge Lounge, right? And there was another yeah. lawyer band playing, and and yeah, uh, they, they they played a little too long for me. I wanted Shasta Fox to come on, but they they kept playing. But it was good. It was good. It was good music. But uh, well, you're too kind. Yeah, I I remember when I first became a lawyer. I remember thinking, well, maybe I should not talk so much about music. Like, I don't know. A part of me thought that they would think I wasn't uh, serious about it or whatever. Yeah. And I, I'm very serious about my career as well. But then I got into this firm where they had a whole bunch of musicians. And I was thinking, oh, oh man, like, because I'm not really into golf or something like that, what am I going to do? And then I was like, no, I'm a musician. Yeah. And, and I, I made several really good friends who are musicians and lawyers that I talk to pretty much daily. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because you don't know how creative of an outlet where you work always is, but for other people are musicians, and yeah, there's a lot of creativity there. Yeah, yeah. There there are more lawyer musicians than you would think in this area. And, and since there are so many lawyer musicians, we do have the rights to put this video on our website, right? I don't, I don't want to... Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> our site. Yep, it's yep. always about you. Whew, okay, good. No, no, we want to we want to distribute it, and and if you want to, yeah, let's see, make it more about you. Where else can where can you? Yeah, see it? wow, what a what a what a natural segue <laughs> to. Uh, as a hero, I wasn't going to mention that, but uh, it did speak for itself. But if you want to see Max, one of Max's other projects, Shasta Fox, which has a lot more of a, I'd say more of a funk and uh, you know very very. Uh, yeah. Upbeat, you know, yeah. kind of you know exuberant uh, vibe. You can catch them at the Traffic Jam, which is on Canfield. Uh, I would say right next to Shinola, but the people at the Traffic Jam say, no, no, Shinola's right next to us because we've been there since 1965. We're going to be having a campaign fundraiser. Uh, we will have live music from Shasta Fox, uh, led by Mr. Prokop, on guitar this time, right? Right, yeah. So I'll be I picking guitar up the in that band. Okay. Yep. And... Um, and uh, there'll probably be a little uh, yakety yak from the candidate, some Q and A, but we'll have live music, free refreshments, and non-alcoholic drinks. There will be a uh, cash bar, and the doors will open at eight at at five o'clock. Doors will open at five o'clock. We'll be hanging out, and there's a minimum donation of fifty dollars to go. You can find the uh, the flyer. You can find out how to come out and join us on our website, which is mlsolvedetroit.com. And you can also catch some of this stuff on our social media channels, which is ML4Detroit on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please follow us. You get the latest on the campaign. You'll find out about what's kind of exciting. This will be our first public fundraiser where we're inviting people to come out, come one, come all, uh, hear a few things, some things I say that may not be as melodic, some things Max will say it'll be pretty damn cool. And then we'll we'll answer some questions and, and we'll have a little bit of fellowship. So uh, so come on out on Wednesday night, June thirtieth, and you can give us immediate feedback on the most recent episode of the podcast that week as well. So Max Prokop, you will catch him in uh, on the thirtieth with uh, Shasta Fox. You can find the latest from the King's English on our website and at Bandcamp. Uh, check them out. They also have um, pretty cool. I would say it's the cool second coolest logo. 
uh, was, promoted was, on this show. It was a really cool logo. So, it's like a yeah. crown with uh, three lines. Who made that? That is our guitar player, Mike Miller. He's a graphic designer, video editor. And I love, uh, for those listening that can't see it, uh, the guy who worked in television cannot find the camera to hold it up. It's, uh... Yeah, I was never really good at television, but uh, <laughs> I was going to change T-shirts, but I didn't want to blow people away with that uh, that Paul Ryan-esque uh, six-pack. So, uh, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you for sparing us. Yeah, maybe we'll do that on the uh, on the uh, subscriber only episode of ML Soul of Detroit. So, uh, Max, thanks for coming in. I look forward to seeing you on the thirtieth, and I'll see Thank you me. sometime soon thereafter. And uh, in June June twenty fourth. Uh, oh, the Smiths United. That's the Smiths tribute band. We're playing Kaju yeah. Cafe. It's a Saturday night. Same same thing outdoors. Oh wow! Right by your house. Yeah, June twenty fourth at the Kaju Cafe. Catch the Smiths United. There's a huge outdoor performance area and a beer garden. You can catch them uh, live in the in the beer garden or behind the beer garden. There's Muscle Beach, which is where you can uh, you can get all the good food. But you also have exclusive access I'm sorry, to the the twenty sixth, the twenty sixth, twenty sixth. Yeah, the the uh, last Saturday in June. The last Saturday in June. Let me double check that. Not not to uh, not because I have no faith in you, but uh, the twenty sixth. Yes, the twenty sixth of June at the Cadu. You guys will start sometime around eight o'clock or so. I take it. I think there's an opener. Uh, I think it's a um, a Sex Pistols tribute is opening for oh, us. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, every I've, heard, I've heard the Johnny Rotten guy is pretty good. Yeah, but but he, they, because it's a family friendly show, he's going to be the Johnny not particularly friendly. Yeah. I, well, I hope he doesn't become John Lydon halfway through. Yeah. No. Uh, a, a crap and a cling wrap is not just a <laughs> lyric. It's a it's a proper description of Johnny's uh, personality. But uh, but great, uh, Max. Great to have you in. Um, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, and and Ma- Ma- Mark, I think you're gonna, you're gonna well, tell yeah. people where to get their rug, their rug shampooed. Sure, since everything's uh, getting back to normal, it's time you get back to normal as well. And one of the ways to do that is letting Lady Jane's cut your hair. You're gonna look and feel like a king. Get to Lady Jane's. They got a second store in Brighton now, corner of East Grand River Avenue, Whitmore Lake Road, right in front of Kroger. There, uh, let one other talented stylist give you an award-winning haircut, an invigorating shampoo, hot lather, neck shave, hot towel treatment just for a really, really great price. You can find out all the locations, ladyjanes.com. Keep your hair looking its best. And this uh, new one, once again, is out in Brighton. It's Lady Jane's, and it is wicked awesome. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. I do that. What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys? Well, Father's Day is coming up. And for those of us with children, we're looking forward to, uh, uh, who knows, man. It could be a tie. It could be, my kids are now old enough that they can go get a bottle of whiskey, and I'm not suggesting that that's what they should do. Um, or you just leave your dad alone, right? Isn't that what a lot of dads want? Or, or Peace they, and quiet? Or, or they could go get a bottle of whiskey. But but yeah. they. they <laughs> I think they got your hint. Yeah, or they could, yeah get the bottle of whiskey but anyway um if you uh, like me grew up wondering what in the world you had done to become a friend of the court you'll appreciate this week's geek we're not going to use his name because like most deadbeats he'd probably just really dig it that people heard his name but our winner is really a loser he's a virginia man who dumped eighty thousand pennies onto the lawn of his ex-wife's home now this also happened to be the lawn of his children and they were as you might expect devastated uh when he was asked what he was up to this doucher reportedly shouted 
it's your final child support payment because Asshole. one of the kids was turning 18. So the daughters were, of course, devastated. I'm sure this guy has never been someone to be particularly excited about and then to be shamed by someone who was fulfilling uh, an obligation that clearly he felt was an obligation and not his duty as a man who brought life onto this planet. Um, but this story actually has kind of a, a happy ending. It has a, a nice turn because what they did was they took all of these damn pennies and donated them to a local domestic violence shelter. And so when this class act born of an ass act made the news, another $5,000 and counting in donations rolled into the shelter. So inspired by this family who rose above the so-called man of the house, we are going to donate every, uh, every donation that we get to uh, the podcast this month to Crossroads, which has two locations in Detroit. It's a, uh, it's a shelter and a social service agency that my family supported for, geez, probably 20 years now. Its mission statement says it is dedicated to care for any person in need by providing counseling, advocacy, and material assistance when possible and appropriate and responding to other human needs in the community as we are enabled to do. So if you make a donation to this show, we will turn it into a contribution to Crossroads. And you can do that at mlsolodetroit.com, little donate button, PayPal, credit card, all that stuff. Yes, please, please do that. We uh, And I will, I will personally match every donation that you make hey. to this podcast, and we will bundle it all up and we'll send it to Crossroads. Um, if folks are generous, we will announce how much that is. If you're a bunch of cheap bastards... We'll just move on because we're not interested in shaming anybody. But we hope that we can use this uh, this Father's Day, who sh- this father who should be celebrated on April Fool's Day, will use his act of avarice to do uh, some good deeds here in in our fair city. So uh, so uh, unnamed bag of shit in Virginia, you sir are our geek of the week. <laughs> And uh, when you're done donating, and if you have any money left over and you want to make that money grow, call our buddy Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. To get rational financial advice, he'll help your money grow, tell you where to put it, stocks, bonds, if you have a 401k, 529, all those fun things, just call Luke, get advice, get a strategy, Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Because Luke will make it all about you. And because we went into room 7609, I'm just going to read it, oh, although it ran out, I'm just going to read it anyway, ready? Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, and services rendered here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. So with a certain somebody back in town, uh, listener Todd, who may or may not have been uh, named after the great old dance club at Grashit and Seven Mile, suggested same old madness from ministry. But that felt a little cynical to me. And because ministry has just such a diverse catalog and such a crazy career path, 
we decided to delve a little deeper into the Al Jorgensen uh, litany. And we're going to start you off with uh, with a, a tune from, from ministry that I think you'll probably recognize. It's called Stigmata. Doesn't sound like New Wave. If Sean was here, he'd be saying the same thing. <laughs> he would anyway. So if you were watching MTV when it first came out, you may have caught this on 120 Minutes. You may have caught it on a dark wave program. Yes, ministry does have a little bit of territory on the edge of new wave music. And Al Jorgensen tried very early in his career to try and have that sort of English connection by coming across with uh, an English accent. But he started out as more of a true new wave artist, as you'll hear from this early, early track for ministry called Cold Life. I thought you might like this one. That's right up my alley. Life. Life. 
Hard to believe those are the two, the same same band. Really danceable, little slap bass there. Oh yeah, uh, all day. The fake English accent. Al Jorgensen, by the way, is from Chicago. Uh, he kind of got his start with uh, with uh, Wax Tracks and um, early collaborated. Was one of the guys from My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, which I can't wait to play on this show. Although, when Sean says. That ain't, that, ain't, <laughs> that, that ain't fixing to be new wave. It's going to be very hard for me to defend that, but my life with the Thrill Kill Cult's one of my favorite bands. Anyways, Jorgensen has evolved from this very poppy, hoppy tune to Every Day is Halloween, which is sort of a goth anthem, to that, that just searing metal uh, uh, stigmata where... You know, you just want to jump in the mosh pit and and try and try and inflict as much damage on every other dancer as you. Maybe that's just yeah. me, but I, but uh, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Faith No More. Yeah, Mister Mister Bungle, you know, like Mike Patton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that weird freaky carnival come to life funk metal kind of thing with yeah. the distortion turned way up. Yeah, you know? but uh, I, I saw Al Jorgensen at Harpo's, another great venue that rarely has acts coming through there. 
and this would have been maybe 10 or 15 years ago. He was still wearing the black leather suit, but it looked like uh, maternity wear on him. He was, uh, <laughs> he was not the young, beautiful Al Jorgensen that did, um, that did uh, uh, what was this great track we just played? Uh, where's my notes? The one we just played, Stigmata or? Cold Life. Cold Life, yeah. Cold Life, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so so he's he's uh, he's gone on all the compass points. Uh, we always ask folks, what, what do they think about this particular tune, Zach? What it, it, had had you been exposed to this particular incarnation of ministry? No, it was surprising. I I would not have thought that was a ministry song. You know, if I heard that in a in a bar or something, it was good. It was oh yeah, no. If, if if you spent any time in the in the in the city club or in the shelter before it kind of got gussied up. Uh, and you ask the DJ, uh, could you play um, this tune by Ministry? And he put this on, you know, all of a sudden the place would go silent. People say, okay, that guy over there <laughs> is responsible for this. Get him the hell out of there. But thanks to Todd for uh, giving us a chance to do something we've wanted to do for a long time, which is take a little excursion through the career of Al Jorgensen in Ministry. Um, he kind of found that that uh, metal groove at a time when that was becoming very popular he was sort of nine inch nails before nine inch nails was cool, and uh, and that is really where the band found its biggest success. But uh, but just really really cool stuff. Um, if you have a suggestion for us in room seven six or nine, remember we're looking for a new wave band that has a great tune that wasn't among their hits that you think people should know about, or a band that never quite broke through but still deserves a little recognition, please send us your suggestions at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. That's mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. Or you could even give us a, a call at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. And let us know uh, what you'd like to hear in room 7609. Let us know what you think of the show. We always appreciate your feedback. You can rate the show. You can subscribe to the show, which is a great way to get the new episodes as soon as they're available. Uh, we're still having trouble with Facebook. They will not let us post our website, but if you want to see everything we've done, you can go to mlsoulofdetroit.com where you can also find out how to donate. Uh, you'll find out where to get all our cool merchandise. And uh, I don't and, think we said where Sean is today either. So, uh, Sean, Anybody miss Sean? Sean is an underground bunker. Uh, <laughs> I miss Sean. Carefully taking notes to prepare to to stage a coup next week, but I know about the coup, so we may... We may catch that. He's a little under the weather. Yeah, Sean is not feeling well. If you remember anything about last week's show, Sean uh, somehow got through the pandemic and then decided to get sick. He always has to be <laughs> that guy. That's our Sean. Yeah, who, who wants to be different, wants to make trouble. That's Sean Windsor. So uh, if, if, you, uh, if you can say a prayer even to the Dark Lord for Sean, <laughs> um, we'd appreciate it. Uh, and he's been doing some great stuff. Uh, great column yeah. on uh, what's going on in Ann Arbor with uh, with uh, the Schembechler scandal um, and taking a very. Well, why do you call it the Schembechler scandal? Shouldn't it be the Dr. Anderson scandal? Well, if, if Schembechler covered it up, people know him more than they know uh, Dr. Anderson. But um, but I, I thought was it the Joe Paterno scandal or was it the uh, Jerry Sandusky scandal? Well, I guarantee you, if people, if you asked people in a room and said, uh, "Who do you know from Penn State who got sure. taken down by that scandal?" You say Joe Pa. No, I understand that, but I'm but, just being a dick. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> the uh, The thing about Sean's most recent piece on this that I thought was really good was he just basically tackled that question of 
the people who say, why now? And just said, listen, when people have suffered trauma, we can't be, we can't be asking them why they didn't tell us about it sooner. If we believe them, we just have to, uh, we have to appreciate what they've gone through and, and not try and play this game of, whoa, if you're so upset, yeah. why didn't you tell us 30 years ago? Yeah. I mean, we it's should, not how it works. We should all hope that we uh, never have to explain why it's taken us so long to come to grips with something that traumatic. So you can find Sean's work at Freep.com. You can also buy it on newsstands. Please subscribe to the Freep and the News so they can continue to do some of the outstanding work. One of the reporters at the Detroit News, Kim Kozlowski, just won a journalism award for her work on the Dr. Anderson scandal. Um, Well-deserved. And uh, while I hear a lot of people talk about the media is not doing its job and the media this and the media that, one of the reasons why we know about these stories is because the media is doing its job. And David Jesse at the, at the Detroit Free Press actually went into the archives at the University of Michigan to pull all of the records he could on correspondence mm-hmm. involving Don Canham, Bo Schembechler, Dr. Anderson, you know. So, I mean, that's, that's some pretty enterprising reporting, and there's nobody else who's going to do that except for your local media. So please give them their support because they are trying to get us the truth, or at least as close as we can get. And, of course, support our local bands. Max will be at the Cadu Cafe on June 26th with Smiths United. He'll be at the Traffic Jam on June 30th at uh, with uh, Shasta Fox. And if you get a chance to check out the King's English, absolutely do that. Uh, Zach will be doing a tour of uh, Baptist uh, churches, uh, <laughs> taking notes on on sermons, homilies, and and musical reviews that he will be providing us on a regular basis. So Zach, we appreciate that. My yeah, pleasure. I'm glad. Yep. I'm glad you went too. It was good to get some feedback from someone that was there. Well, and someone who's who's totally objective. Yeah, you know? I mean, someone who who wasn't uh, here uh, during the Kilpatrick thing. Uh, hasn't really, you know, has been doing his own thing during the aftermath and can kind of look at it and just say, you know what, here's, here's the way it looks to me. So Yeah, no, I was pleased to do it. Glad, glad to be able to share it. And as, as Zach goes from, uh, from House of Worship to House of Worship, he will be riding a Detroit-built <laughs> Detroit bike. Um, and you can find out more about Detroit bikes at it's DetroitBikes.com, right, Zach? Yeah, that's right. And there's also accessories there, bike racks, water bottle holders, um, uh, laser-mounted. Uh, no, that's coming, right? We're, we're working on it. I'm working on an ashtray for a bike right now. I think that'd be a hilarious accessory. <laughs> Whoa. De- demystify the whole cycling thing. Just get an ashtray on there. I, I like that. This wouldn't be like one of those cut glass ones, would it? That would be really nice. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like you get at the old casinos or something. I'll just see when just cruise, just someone cruise along. Just, yeah. Yeah. Cut Why out not? the turnaround time on canceling out that exercise. It's just do it all at once. <laughs> Well, and then that means you have to have a beer holder too, right? For sure, yeah. Or something for a highball glass? Those exist. So there are beer holders for bikes now. Okay. Well, well you heard it here first. The first ashtray for a bike at, at Detroit Bikes. That's a, uh, a Soul of Detroit exclusive news uh, item. And as we talked last time, you know, the electric bikes are cheating. This is true. That's that's my opinion. So, But so many people are riding those, so I could, you just let it do the work and Easy, drink and smoke. Easier to smoke if you're not pedaling, right? Exactly. I'm yeah. thinking you may have a good market with the electric bikes and the ashtray. Yeah. That's probably where you want to start that one and see if it see if it catches on. Yeah, so, I think my brother might buy one of those. <laughs> a, ch- a cheater bike? <laughs> or the ashtray bike. Yeah, the ashtray e-bike. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, okay. You can, can you put a vaping thing in the handle? Oh, yeah. Good Let's call. Make it yeah. one-stop shop. Probably here. charge it up, too. Well, it's, uh, the right. wheels are spinning, yeah. The battery on this thing is going to be massive. Um, 
if you are hearing this show before June 16th, uh, I'm going to be at A.B. Ford Park in Detroit. That's at the foot of Lakewood Boulevard uh, on the water. Talk about campaign stuff, taking your questions. Please come out and meet me. Uh, come out and ask your questions. We'll hang out. We'll talk. And we have a lot of events like this coming up. If you want to know what's going on with the campaign, go to ml4detroit.com or follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like, follow, subscribe to ml4detroit.com. And hopefully we'll see you at the traffic jam. Max will be there. I think Zach might be there. Mark will probably be editing the Drew and Mike show. That's just a Or starting it. Yeah. Or just starting it. Right. And that's, uh, that's Wednesday, June 30th. Um, and uh, Sean, we told you what Sean's up to. He will be, I think he may be running the show next week. So you're going to want to tune in for that. In the meantime, if you're up for a little more quality listening, there's the Charlie LaDuff No BS News Hour. And of course, the Red Shovel Network's flagship show, the Drew and Mike Podcast. So uh, let's support each other, folks. Thanks for listening. And we will be back soon. In the meantime, we turn to our friend Cyrus to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? They want me to run. Then I'm going to finish this. You're a little rusty, Mr. Elric. I have nothing to lose. If you're smart, that scares you. He doesn't care about the law. He doesn't care about proof. He only cares about what's right. Out of the car!